Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Black Country Ramble. What we do here is we take an Albion fan, myself, and we take a Wolves fan, JB, and we shoot the breeze. Uh, we offer a little bit of unbiased or maybe over-biased counsel um, on each other's football teams um, and try to find a little bit of common ground. JB, how are you this week? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Um, I'm sort of half expecting to be here um, in this position. Um, I think it's been coming for a while now. Um been building up, but it's actually finally happened. Obviously, I know we're going to get right into that and get our teeth into it over the next hour or so. Um, but apart from the football, um, I was a little bit poorly last week. Part of the reason why we didn't record the, the pod, I think it's the back to school germs and all that. Still, still suffering a little bit actually, but uh, I'm better than what I was. Put it that way. At least I can talk this week. We've not been, been in a position last week to do this. So, but yeah, mate, it's um, looking forward now to seeing where where the football world takes us. Really. Yeah, if um, if you're thinking that's a little bit cryptic, we'll address the elephant in the room as yeah. soon as we've got our trivia out of the way. Um, JB, it's, it's on me this week. I've got a trivia question for you. Um, in keeping with our ranking, such and such a black country player based on whatever they did or didn't do at Wolves and Albion. I've got three yeah. names for you, JB. Um, I'm going to throw um, these three names. All I need you to do is tell me in order from highest to lowest, the lowest to highest, yeah. who has the most international caps um, of these three players? So rank them first, second, yeah. and third. Player number one, Ruben Neves. Player number two, Gareth McCauley. And player number three, Christoph Berra. <laughs> okay. Okay. Wow. Gareth McCauley. Now, he was Northern Irish? Yep. Okay. I am going to... Yeah, do you know what? I'm going to just, I'm just going to shoot it and, and just go from what I think show away. I, I'm, I'm going to give Gareth McCauley number one. I, I think... I don't know, but I'm, I'm thinking and guessing he, he was probably would have been a mainstay in the, in the Northern Irish side over a period of time, you know, playing at a good level for a while. Um, see, Neves, I think, has got about 30-something caps for Portugal. I think I read that somewhere. Berra, Christoph Berra. Now, he's playing for Scotland... When Wolf signed him for, from Hearts back in 2009, he'd already made his, his debut for Scotland, I'm sure of that. He was pretty much in most squads. That's going to be tight between him and Neves. Scotland didn't make many, how many, many major tournaments have they? But then friendlies. Right, you know, I'm going to get better a second and Neves third. So your order is um, Macaulay, Berra, Neves. Yeah. You've nailed it, mate. Have I? You have. Um, yeah, McCauley's miles out in front with 81, yeah. I think, or maybe 80 appearances. Yeah. Um, then you've almost called Neves' appearances to the letter as well. He's on 32. Okay. Oh, I knew um, it was something. And it was tight. Berra is 41. Um, oh, okay. Very good, JB. Good logic. Yeah. I think the thing with Neves, obviously, he's always been around the squad, but... Portugal have, have been blessed with a sort of an elite midfield for such a long time, which is crazy that Neves only recently has had a look in properly, if you like. Um, but Berra, in terms of, I mean, it's going back to when I worked for Wolves, obviously he was 
I don't think Scotland have technically have always been blessed with the plethora of, you know, centre-hours that are playing the Premier League, albeit for not a, a, a long time, but Bera would have been there and thereabouts. And I think I think even after he left Wolves, and I think he was floating around a lot, Ipswich and think he was like Ipswich, that. Wasn't he? Yeah. yeah, I think he was still around. So, yeah, I'm pleased with that one. Nice just, one, mate. Just, just trying to use my logic, man. Just trying to use my logic. Yeah, well, you used all of it there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so... You've alluded to it already. I'm sure people listening will know the big news, JB. Um, Steve Bruce is still in charge of West Bromwich Albion. <laughs> uh, but perhaps oh. rather more crucially, uh, Bruno Large has been relieved of his duties as Wolverhampton Wanderers yeah. manager or head coach, manager, head coach? Head coach, whatever. Head coach. Um, he's no longer employed by Wolverhampton Wanderers. Yeah. Um, you have been, to be fair, you've said the die has been cast since the start of the season, more or less. Yeah. Uh, we've had conversations over the last maybe 12 months, and so not including the start of last season, but since maybe um, when... Wolves went on a really good run leading up to Christmas last year, didn't yes. they? Yeah. And then yeah. things dipped. Since that point, we've, um, we've really gotten into, is there actually that much to get excited about with this Bruno Large team? The data yeah. consistently showed that there yeah. wasn't. Um, and, and eventually that evened out. And I mean, we have conversations about XG um, yeah. on the pod, off the pod. Um, we we sort of come down on different different sides of that conversation. Yeah. Um, however, um, the writing was on the wall uh, for Large and his regime for a long time before yeah. eventually the variants caught up and mm-hmm. the goal stopped going in and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but in proper football terms, JB, um, you've been saying for weeks it's just not good enough. Are you surprised to see him go? No, no, not no. at all. No. Um, just, just on the XG thing, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not always one for sort of. Uh, it's not nice when you sort of have to admit, admit you. I well, not that I was wrong, but no, no. I, actually, I actually spoke about you um, to. It might have been George or somebody else. I was talking about you yesterday, the day friend before. Friend of the pod. Brother yeah, of the pod. and I said that your argument or point of view around the XG and the Wolves thing, I said at the time I wasn't I wasn't buying into it, but in hindsight, you were spot on. Uh, just um, mentioning George as well. For those of you who haven't been listening very long, George um, featured on the pod a few times, um, stood in for JB a couple of times. That's JB's younger brother, um, yeah. George, is, George is very much of my school of thought um, where we'll look into the data. George was a very concerned Wolves fan the back end of last season because he yeah. he also was very concerned by the numbers. Um, yeah. But carry on, JB, because I, I know... Yeah, yeah so I want to put that out then. Obviously, I think in hindsight, what the points you were making were very, very true. It wasn't going to be... The longevity of the way we were picking up points against how we were actually performing was never going to go long-term. Um, it's, been, it's been a while coming, mate. I mean... It's been atrocious. I'll, I'll, I'll be dead honest with you, mate. Why was it so bad? Because as a neutral what? watching, of course it's a bit boring, but what was it that you were like, he has to go? The fact that he, 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 he was clueless. The fact that it was patent. And, and, and the West Ham, listen, it, it's been building up, building up, building up. But that West Ham game, two days ago, I watched that game and I've got the messages to prove it. George, I watched it with George <laughs> together. So he'll back me up. That's a and third mention for George already. Yeah, I know, yeah, we'll get him, get him on. Um, <laughs> and it was patently obvious that the players 
wanted to be anywhere else but on that pitch. It, um, it, 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 I, it looked like they wanted to be anywhere else than on that pitch. That it was obvious from that game that he had lost the dressing room, and I think and I think that that has been visual, if you like, in the way that we've played, the way that we've approached games. You look at that squad that Wolves have got. You look at the fact that give folks and their credit. You know they have gone and they've done what they haven't done for a couple of years, and they've gone and backed that man. And he hasn't, even with a full pre-season, even with everything that he's wanted and asked for and been given, he has not stamped any form of identity on, on that on that on that eleven. I don't think he even knows what his preferred formation is, what his preferred starting eleven is. You clueless, absolutely clueless. And listen. I've gone over this a million times. Last year when we appointed Bruno, he came and he did a two and a half hour interview and I listened to that intently and I really liked the way that he spoke. He had them three games we played really well, but he didn't get any points. I loved the way that we were playing. We started getting the results, had a bit of a decent one up to Christmas. So I was, you know, this could go somewhere here. Even though some of the results were quite lucky, you look at the Villa game where we won 3-2 and the whole emotion around that victory completely overshadowed the fact that we were piss poor and we kind of absolutely smashed and grabbed it. Um, and there were a number of games like that. And then after Christmas, you rightly say the, the trajectory just went downhill and, and, and the kind of the XG and the variance sort of came to fruition, if, if you like. It, but Bruno... Yeah, it did. Sorry, mate. Just, just a quick question. With, with the point you made there about he's failed to stamp any identity on it, even with yeah. the massive influx of investment yeah. this summer. Yeah. How much of that is a hangover from the, the very, very strong identity that yeah. we've already had. I buy that. I buy that. I think and it's, it's come out of, there's an article that I haven't read yet for the listeners. It's 25 to six. I literally come straight from work. And, and <laughs> um, so I haven't had, had, had the beauty of time to be able to sort of catch up and, and research what I really wanted to before we did this part. Um, but there's an article that, that's come out and there's been a couple of little key bullet points on the athletic. I really want to get my teeth into later when I, when I finish playing football. And one of the key bullet points was that basically Lars was just completely on the, the, the transition from the new no counter-attacking style play to where he wanted to go was just too big a gap to fill. Now, I understand that, that, that yeah, that was a big gap to fill, but you've got the players to do it. And if you've got that man management, tactical ability that all elite coaches slash managers should have when you're coaching the Premier League, you should be able to do that, particularly when you've, you've named the players that you want and you've got them in. You've had a full pre-season. People have pointed to the fact and been unlucky with injuries. Bollocks, right? Absolute bollocks. Right? Anyone can see that Jimenez is miles, been miles off the place ever since he's come back. Nothing against the bloke. And I think he'll retire. And I think we'll see him in the wall shirt again, personally. I think he'll retire around the World Cup um, or after the World Cup. That, that's my critique. I don't think we'll see him in the wall shirt again. You point Kladzic. Why did we go after him early doors? Why did we look at his injury record? Why did we make him play on? Like we, tr- like we did with Neto. Neto is probably going to be out for the season and Achilles. And once again, the Wolves medical team have, made, have, have tried to make a play and run it off. It is five minutes. You're making Kladzic run off an injury with an ACL and you're making Neto run off with a snap to Achilles. It's happened twice now in three weeks. There's no excuse. There's no excuse. I know we had a bit of banter about the Wolves medical team and that sort of thing, but that's, that's unforgivable, Kieran. It's absolutely yeah, yeah. Un- unforgivable. And you know what? If you those codes would have known him and wasn't up to scratch, get striking early doors, get two strikers in. Why have we gone after Gonzalo Guedes? 
nothing against the bloke. I'm not picking him out, but do we really need God? Why do we need? Do we really need? Really need to spend twenty eight and a half million on a Gonzalo Guedes players when at the time you've got Neto, you've got Podens, you've got a Traore who's still on the books, whether or not people's opinions on him, he's still an out and out sort of attacking player who's on the books. Why did we go and get two strikers in to, in case there was another injury? And there's just stuff that's gone on. And ultimately, mate, it comes down to what happens on the pitch. We can talk about transfers, tactics, preparation, pre-season. It comes down to what happens on that pitch. And we have been atrocious. And that guy, unfortunately, because he's had my backing, not any more manager will have my backing while they're at my club. But it's been, got harder and harder and harder to justify that backing. And for the last, since the season's kicked off, mate, that you and our group chat, you saw that that screenshot, I think SO sent to the Sky Sports thing about the, the the stats about shots on target and XG and all the and you know, I mean goals. Well, whatever, whatever the metric, um whatever will seem to just be awful of it. Yeah. And even watching us, Kieran, yeah, we keep holding the ball a little bit and we knock it around in the middle of the park nicely for 10 minutes. And then beyond that, we ain't got a clue. We haven't got a clue. I mean, mate, you start if you're gonna make a decision. If you're going to start the best midfield in the Premier League outside of the top however many teams at centre-half, you've got to go out and make a statement with performance. Go, do you know what? I made that big ballsy decision because actually we're going to go out and win that game. We're going to do something different. Well, yeah, I, I was I was on the golf course on, on Saturday <laughs> and I was having the conversation, who are the best players outside the top six? Uh, the first name that came out was Ruben Neves. Um, so to, to, to not build your team around him... I know you know you 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 do, but um, yeah. but if if he's a player that you can think, okay, we can play him centre back. That's it's almost like where, <laughs> where's the logical thinking. And it's not, mate. And he, and he screamed the fact that what is he doing? So he's got two centre halves on the bench. He's got yes, yes, and Mascara and Toti Gomez. Toti Gomez, we saw for three months last year, come in, play right left hand side of the back three, and looked excellent. We were all saying, actually, do you know what? He's a successor to Roman Saïsi. He's actually better than Saïsi. He's excellent. Didn't put a foot wrong in three months. And he's got two centre-halves on the bench, you know, who he, he was obviously willing to trust enough to put on the bench, but doesn't... He just screamed, I don't trust my bench. What I don't system think you're good did he enough. play, JB? Say it again, sorry. What system did he play? He played a 5-3-2. So he's... Oh, no, 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 do you know, I don't even, no, 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 I take it back. I don't know what he played. He played <laughs> back spot. No, genuinely, at one point, he looked like Nelson, he looked like Nelson Samedo was playing CDM. I genuinely okay. haven't got a clue. Okay, that, it sounds like... It, it, he played it a back spot. Like logical, the logical... Planning had gone out the window, and all the noises out of the Wolves camp from various things in the news, out of the news, things you hear. Uh, it's consistently been he did not have a proper grip on his squad, and it wasn't a harmonious. And camp. that's all coming out now. That's why I want to read that athletic article. It's all obviously it's all coming out now as he does when a manager goes. The fact that the players didn't like his style. He was very classroom-based sessions, not enough stuff on the training pitch, not approachable. John I've, Woody, I've read that. Yeah, I've, I've read that. John Woody alluded yeah. to that in a podcast that he did. Uh, the, the fact that he wasn't very approachable. The Connor Cody thing, I was a judgment for because there's a lot of noise around the Connor Cody thing, you know, he's treated, but then I don't think he helped himself either. I think there's a lot of the Connor Cody thing off park. I don't really want to get into that, but you he's know, he's to put on social media. Yeah, and I think he's, I think he's got to tell his family to wind, wind the neck in a little bit, to be honest with you. Um, you know, because Wolves did a lot for Connor Cody. Likewise, he did a lot for us, but Wolves did a lot for him. Uh, you know, they've gifted him a they've gifted him a loan move to a to a, to a league rival, so he's basically guaranteed World Cup squad. You know, not many clubs in the Premier League would have done that. Yes, it's a bit of a soft touch, but at the same time, he's still on our books. So just wind, wind your family's neck in a little bit. That, that's question, my opinion. Question on that. though, JB. Yes, mate. I mean, we're 
we're sort of staring down the the barrel of a similar decision, really, which we'll get into. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is important. If you get this wrong, everything you've built is gone. This is this is Foson's biggest window they've ever had since they took over the club. When the first went to the club in 2016, we've been we've been in the doldrums. It was all new and fresh and fancy. Oh, we've got some money. Cool in Locker to go local to was was nailed on. I have when, a degree in Spanish and I have no idea how to say his name. Go I'm on, gonna try it. Local to is how you read it, isn't it? I think I think he's Basque. Um, yeah. So let me look. It spells Lopa Tigui, but I... where is he from? Oh no, he's not Basque. Lopteguí is how I would is how I would read that if it was Spanish. No, no, there's an e in there. Lopteguí. Lopteguí. I wasn't a million miles off. Lopteguí. No, you weren't Lopetegui. at all. But I'm trying to yeah. figure out why he's got such a, an unusual. Yeah. Oh no, Basque country. Yeah, he is Basque. That explains oh. the strange name. Okay. You know, Basque, little side fact for those of us who like our languages. Yeah. Basque is the only European language which has no. Um, linguistic ancestors nobody know knows where it came from wow yeah crazy anyway carry on. anyway yeah so obviously you know Felton came in he was signed up for the deal offered the Spain job we brought him Walter Zenger which is just a nutty three months off that all went it's up Paul let Paul Lambert steadied the ship a little bit then all of a sudden they made the fantastic bump to Nuno fantastic that ran its course it we brought in Bruno Large I think we touched on this didn't we a few weeks ago when folks were in their sort of budget reigning in tight tight thing you know the lowest paid manager in the Premier League on a an 18 month slash two so the one listen it's cost them jack shit to pretty much get rid of him he's only got this season left on his contract and um and, and he was the lowest paid manager in the Prem anyway so this now they've just gone out and spent 120 mil on a transfer window you've got Ruben Neves who he's slowly running down his contract um you've got Adama Traore who He's running out of his contract. You've got players who are becoming disillusioned. You've got players who have come into this project. You're Matthias Nunes, is your Bubakar Traore. He's not Bubakar. Um, that's his name. Bubakar Traore. That's his name. Yeah. Um, uh, Nathan Collins. Oh, we, we, we've gone and done the business in the window. Where do we go now? Because listen, I don't take any note. I don't take any notice of the, the sky bet answer. I don't take any notice of random Twitter account with a couple of hundred thousand followers who tweet transfer news and all that. I only, I, listen, if there's a reliable source, you know, that, that, that I trust and I follow and they say something I will, but it's a huge, huge, huge decision because like you say, the wrong decision, mate, we could be another Newcastle in, in, in 2011, whenever it was. We could be, you know, an Aston Villa and they invested loads of money yeah. and on paper they look great and, they, and they've gone down. We could be, you know, I can't think of else has gone down in recent years. But the, 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 one, the one thing I will say is um, I'm, I'm not too worried about Wolves because I don't think, this is going to sound really harsh to Bruno, I don't think it's possible to get less out of that group of players. Yeah, yeah and, th- and that, that's a conversation I've had with, with a number of Wolves fans, including Esso, another friend of the pod, and, and he said, you know, he said, you know, we can't get any worse under Bruno. You know, we, it cannot be any worse. So whoever we, we need will be better. And I said, yeah. yes, I take your point. But I said, you know, you know, basically, <laughs> yeah, he basically said, all you got to do is basically have a football brain and not be a twat, basically, were his words. And I said, well, I said, well, yeah, that, that's right. But that technically means, you know, arguably me and you could, could go and do the job then. Which, that which one of those two things do you have, JB? You are. 
I said, which one of those two things do you have? A football yeah, player? Yeah, well, I, I, have, I have the knowledge, but I'm a twat, whereas SO is your player. SO is not a twat. Yeah. Right. Yeah, 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 do you get me? Um, <laughs> but what do you do? Do you go, do you go the cheap option and bring in, you know, a Portuguese manager who's out of work? You know, just to just, or, or do we actually go and, and make a statement of intent and go and get someone who just, he, just go and get Big Sam? Just just go yeah, and do yeah. it, uh, mate. If his name was Sam Aladino or something, mate, maybe <laughs> he's done that himself, didn't he? Yeah, you know, but I don't know. I, I don't know, mate. I, I've got no idea. You, 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 listen, you, you read the rumors, you look at the odds. You know, the obvious choices are being floated around. You know, the, the Portuguese manager Pedro Martin, Martins, Martins, the Olympiacos mm. manager. Okay, yeah. Um, because he's an, uh, an agent, uh, sorry, a part of Jorge Mendes' cohort, if you like. Yeah. Um, you know, good good record at Olympiacos. A lot of the players, Daniel Padem speaks very highly of him and stuff like that, but doesn't really inspire me. The big one, which I think a lot of people would like because he's very highly thought of, done a great job at sporting, is, is Ruben Amorim. But as far as I'm aware, he's got sort of like a 20 million euro buyout clause, and I don't know whether we could earn that route. If he want to drop 20 champions million, in, 24 million euro buyout clause. How long clause has he been there? I don't know. The, the full that side. must be a new appointment. I've never heard of that kind of yeah. release for a man. And then, you know, if you want to get Lopetegui out of Sevilla, you'd have to pay a ridiculous amount. Yeah, well, I, mean, I, I mean, I was under the impression he was about to get bombed from Sevilla. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, well, there's a reputable Spanish journalist to follow. Who, who okay, called. but if you're if you're Sevilla yeah. and you get the idea that Wolves might be sniffing around, you don't sure. sack him. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I, I get that. And on the flick side, apparently they've got a real penchant for a guy called Paolo Sampaoli. He's a, he, he previously managed Seville. Um, I'll be honest, JB. Um, and they want him, so I don't know whether if they delayed the Lopez Aguetti sack him whether that would affect their idea for getting some power in. I'm not sure. Yeah, I I I like to think I turn up to the podcast prepared, researched. Yeah. Apart from the table, I've never heard of any of them. Like I, I have no idea who any of those people are. And I almost live and breathe football. Yeah. Is that the kind of gamble that you want to be Taking me to 18. No, I don't know, Kieran. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I listen, folks do things very differently to a lot of football owners. You know, the way that our club is run and owned is very different to a lot of football clubs and, and, and how we make our decisions are very different. And I just don't know which, 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 which way they're going to go. You know, these names are being thrown at me. I agree with you. You know, Pedro Martins, I've never heard of him. And I looked, you know, he didn't mean about PR cost great, you know. Ruben Amori, I have heard of him because um, he's been linked with other jobs. He, he, he's very highly thought of at, at Sporting. Um, obviously, I've heard of Hulen Lopetegui, um, you know, because obviously he's Spain manager, Seville, completely out, outclassed Nuno in the Europa League um, quarterfinals sort of thing. If he, if he does get the Wolves job, we're going to really have to work on our pronunciation, aren't we? Well, like that. well I'm hoping the first, I'm hoping if he does get it, the first question that Gemma Firth or Frith, I think her name is, the Wolves sort of TV presenter lady, ask him, is, how do you pronounce your surname? Yeah, I'm, <laughs> so sure, she, I'm sure she will. Yeah. Sure. Even, even with a guide, I think we'll, we'll struggle, to be honest. Um, but it's interesting times, mate, and, and it's very early. I mean, I don't know if there's going to be anything done in the next few days before Chelsea. They've already announced that, obviously, James Collins and Steve Davis have taken him to in charge. Whether that, they've done that to buy themselves a little bit of time because they're not expecting much out of the Chelsea game anyway. I really don't know. 
because um, beyond the Chelsea game and the games that we're looking at where we need to be picking up, you know, three out of four sort of thing. Um, and whether or not they're not going to rush a decision based on the fact that it's, it's a huge October pre-World Cup um, will, will be interesting. But it, 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 we, we, sort of, we can go around in circles when it comes to where do we go. I think me and you are both on the same page that folks do things their own way, keep cards very close to the chest and the decision they make will be the folks way. But ultimately, mate, going to Bruno Large, he... He ultimately, I don't, I don't mean this disrespectfully, he showed himself to be a bit clueless, mate, in the end. You know, it was obvious, just, just listening to his press conferences, he, he, was, he was talking nonsense. A couple of the, nation, a couple of the nationals put, put tweets out from their, from their journals and they were saying, like, it's the first time I've attended a Bruno Large press conference and this guy just chats nonsense sort of thing. And he could tell he didn't believe what he was saying himself. He looked like he'd lost the plays. He looked like he wasn't interested. Um, and ultimately, mate, one winning... 16, I think it ended up being, or one winning 15 across the last however long isn't good enough. I mean, I've seen a staggering stat, kids. Absolutely staggering stat. Wolves. What was it? Wolves have scored. So they've got three goals at home since April. And the, 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 the second closest side to us in home goals in the Premier League um, in that time were Burnley, who got relegated. Wow. And, you know, you look at all these little stats that come out, mate, you know, they're quite funny to read because you have to laugh otherwise you'll cry. Well, there, was, like, there was that one doing around a couple of weeks ago. It's um, appalling, appalling. Yeah. There was the one around a couple of weeks ago, JB, that De Bruyne is the top scoring player at yeah. Molyneux in 2023. Mate, mate, but the thing was, we can laugh about it, kids, and we do, but, like... We, we don't even look like scoring. It's not like we've, play, we've played well and, 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 then, and then we've been unlucky with chances. Uh, I, 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 listen, I've got 180. Let's talk about the XG. XG appalling. You know, you don't, you don't even need XG. Do you know what? Fucking forget XG. Just watch Wolves and you'll see that we are absolutely clueless in that final. We, mate, we literally, we play nice in that middle third. Oh, Wolves play pretty football. Look at that. Oh, we've got... Do you have any idea how hard it is to watch Wolves when you're a neutral? Mate, I wouldn't recommend it. Literally, it's really listen, hard. Listen, you know, whoever I mean, put Wolves West Ham on primetime TV this weekend is getting sacked. There's obviously a quota, mate. You have to fill an X amount of games at the team. That's the only. That's the only yeah. um, rationale around it. That, that, that each team's got a quota to fill. Um, mate, we're horrendous. Literally, mate. If you watch Wolves with the mindset or. We'll see what happens going forward. But if you watch any Wolves game for the last year, well, nine months, and you watch that game, in your head you go, Wolves literally are clueless in the final third. You will see, we literally hit the 18-yard box. We have brain freeze. We don't know what to do. We yeah. either turn around and pass it back, or we try and thread a stupid flick pass. There were six foot four defenders' legs. who like us, thank you very clue, Absolutely clueless. It was like we didn't want to score, mate. Well, and when I think when I think about it now, mate, it's been painful. It's been really, really painful. Well, if you um, want to, if you want to stay on painful, clueless, making it up as you go along, yeah. um, let's talk about Let, Albion. Let's drive. Let's drive down the A41, mate. Oh, mate, um, there's a, a fair bit of misery in your tone this week. Um, yeah. Doesn't sound like there's any relief. Doesn't sound like you you're happy to see him gone. Just sounds like you're exhausted. Um, yeah. But, that, that it's happened at this stage in the season. Um, I too am exhausted, uh, but 
but a little bit confused. Um, I'm just I'm just trying to work out how Darren Moore can be fourth in March and he's sacked. Valerian Ishmael can be fifth in February and he's sacked. Slavin Bilic can be out of the relegation zone in the Premier League and take a point off Man City and be sacked. But Steve Bruce can be 21st in October and he hasn't been sacked. The only difference in this entire equation is he's got a mate in the boardroom, Ron Gourlay, who's keeping him there. It is criminal that they've given him another game. If I mean, he might go tonight. Like, as JB said, it's coming up six o'clock Monday night. Brucey might go tonight. But I can't see it happening. Not, not with, what, less than 48 hours before we play again. I'm, I'm confused because Ishmael had to go in the end. He had to go. But I never wanted Ishmael's reign to end the way it did. I was, I was big on Valerian Ishmael. Listeners of the pod will know that. Um, definitely never wanted Slavin Bilic to go. He was, he, I mean, again, listeners to the pod since we've, since we've started will know that I was dejected. Mate, look at the impact he's made at Watford in one game. No, I'm sorry, JB, we're not even talking about that. We, we cannot talk about that because I'm, I'm grieving. I'm, I'm, I'm gr- it's opened up an old wound there, mate. I'm going to have to gloss over that 4 0 drubbing. Away from home, it's one of one of the it's one of the top two gone in my eyes yeah, now. What, yeah, what they're, they're, they're going to fly top two, and they they will solidify that because the talent he's got at his disposal. You see, you've seen what he's done with the likes of Pereira, Diangana, Kravinovic yeah. when he was at Albion. Well, he's now yeah. got players like um, Saar, Emmanuel Dennis, uh, João Pedro. That's so exciting for a Slavic yeah. side. Yeah. Like they're, they're gonna they're gonna be awesome to watch. Yeah, this fly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I also didn't want Darren Moore to go. Like I, Darren Moore had, had, had done very, very well to stop to stop the bleeding of a very poor Albion side that got relegated, and we we did well the, the first season down, and we we finished fourth in the end. Lost to the, Jimmy Shan in the playoffs. Blah blah blah. And clearly, they shouldn't have sacked him because they didn't have a replacement. Yeah. Long ago, all these things. This is years ago now. Um, but that's our last three managers. Oh, and Big Sam, of course, who was um, just a stopgap. And I think I think maybe Big Sam saw the mess behind the scenes and ran a mile. I don't know. It's hard yeah. to ever say definitively. Anyway, JB, can you tell me why Steve Bruce is still the manager of West Bromwich? Well, you, you give me insight straight away because uh, I didn't realise him and Ron Gourlay were mates. Um, so that, yeah. that explains a lot. Um Listen again, you see conflicting things. It's really hard to know what to believe and what to take seriously on Twitter and your, your, your athletic articles and all that. I've read various things about the fact that, you know, a lot of it could come down to an, another payout and the money situation is great to Albion. Well, that's a very good point. You know, I, I mean, I don't know how much it would cost us at Bruce Looney because one and a half mil, you know, the way Not I, a lot, not a no, lot. But even one and a half mil might be too much. I, I don't know. Yeah. I've read various things, a lot of it linked to finances and stuff like that. Um, but the goal I link, the goal I friendship thing makes makes more sense. I think I haven't watched Albion much this season, just purely because um, Wolves have often played the same time. Um, but you, you look, and again, 
we spoke about Wolves players watching them on, on Saturday and just how they didn't want to be there. It's obvious Lars has lost, lost and had lost them and they weren't playing for him and they were disillusioned. And you look at Albion's results and you know, and you look at the, you know, they've gone one nil up. No, they didn't make one nil down, sorry, then they've gone two one up. And then, you know, I think did he get to two all before Colin Grant missed a penalty? Um, or what, which it doesn't really matter whether Colin Grant missed a penalty, yeah, two yeah. one or two all. It but, doesn't really matter. Yeah, they would equalise, it was two all when yeah. you missed that penalty. Yeah. Um and listen, Swan's a decent side, you know. They've, you know, they've got they've got a fantastic play on loan for Wolves, Luke Kundal, who will will be doing make a very similar impact uh, in the championship that, that Morgan Gibbs White did. Luke Connell's a, a tremendous player. And Swansea done well to get him on loan. And Swansea, you know, aren't no mugs, but it looks to me that there's something, the mentality, you've always touched on this, you've always said ever since the no COVID, COVID, COVID and, and just sneaking through in the playoffs and maybe didn't deserve it or whatever. No, no, we we, we, fe- we your, fell over the line. Yeah. yeah, your mentality and that that resilience and strength has been non-existent and you look it's at it's I, mate, I tell you what and I mean this now and I'll, I wish I'd done it earlier but I, I always I always look if Albion are playing I'll always go and be phoning on the Sky Sports score up and check and when I see that Albion are winning which they often are I always think they're probably going to lose this so they're going to draw and I've, the amount of times I've thought that and it's happened because it happened to most games mate I, sh- I should be going in play and sticking a five on each time that Albion won't win. Just Albion no win. Yeah. We we've, win we've, given a, we've given away a lot of leads this season. Yeah, you yeah. know, and, 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 that's a menta- and that's a mentality thing. And is it is that purely Bruce? Is it the players? Well, I don't I'll, know. I'll, I'll, go, I'll go with that, JB, because I, I think you've touched on it, on the running theme from um, the Big Sam, um, Ishmael, Bilic eras. Um, it's that you've got a, a leadership group, if you like, of Kyle Bartley, Jake Livermore. Um, I'm looking at senior players now. I know he's not played many games, but the likes of David Button, uh, Matty Phillips. Um, Midgain off along Connor Towns. And these players have played, played under all those managers and played a lot of games. They're very weak mentally. You, we've seen it. There's individual moments for all of them. With say with Jake, for example, it's his temper. It's it's his lack of composure on the ball. Um, with Kyle Bartley, it's a mistake here and there. We saw it against Blues a couple of weeks ago. Wow, it was shocking. Um, you look at Carl and Grant again. Someone who's played a lot under those managers. Um, he, he is, will is he not mean by three penalties he missed this season. Or he's is that three? Oh, okay. I was going to say he's, he's taken the. It doesn't get much better, Jamie. He's he's taken nine for Albion and he's yeah. missed four of them. I mean, yeah, I mean, fuck me. You get him off, you get him off, mate. Well, we had well, this is the thing. We had Brandon Thomas Asante stood next to him, who scored a penalty two weeks ago, and uh, Grant pulled rank on him, I think. So that's it's it's pretty damning. But anyway, it's just another example. Grant stepped up in that moment, acting like the big man. Yeah, and yeah. Put a really weak penalty in, to be honest, um, and fluffed his lines under pressure. But it's it's the latest in a very long run of, uh, of struggling under pressure. But yeah, it, you're looking at a, a chronic issue, really, with with the way that Albion have um, rea- responded to pressure a, a lot of the times. To be fair, this season we've we've gone behind and scored. 
straight back a lot, which is great. It shows that little bit of mental toughness. But then to capitulate like we did, um, or capitulate like we did against Blues as well. Yeah. I'm now I'm now looking at that and thinking we we've the writing's on the wall for the Bruce era. Yeah, yeah sure. But as you allude to, JB, it's it's the same core of players that have now got three or four managers sacked. There's a lot of Albion <coughs> with that core of players. A couple of things I want to touch on, though, on, on Bruce. This might be the last time we get to talk about Bruce, or he might win on Wednesday and live to fight another day. It remains to be seen. One thing is, watching us play Swansea, it was abundantly clear they have a plan under Russell Martin. Yeah. We have no idea what we're doing. You you spoke about this through war, but we we just put 11 good championship players out and say, go and get us three points. We've got far too much quality in that team to not dominate games at times and to not create chances. But there's no coherent identity week to week. There's no balance between... Well, there's no balance between attack and defence. There's no balance between a tactical idea and how we're going to integrate the players. It seems like sometimes he's willing to sacrifice his formation yeah. or change things in game that don't really make that much sense because he wants all the best players on the pitch. Um, and I think Swansea really, really showed us up. We had Rogic making his debut and Swift as our, as our eight. It's a bit like that... Um, a bit like you'd see with City in the 4-3-3 where you've got Bernardo and you've got um, De Bruyne as your, as your roaming eights. Um, and it looks great when they do it. We were, we were shown up because we're trying something new in a game that we shouldn't really be trying something new in. Um, we needed the points desperately. Rogic doesn't look match fit as well. Hopefully he gets match fit and, um, and can catch up. Anyway, um, the, the second thing I want to talk about I I almost feel, to use a very snowflakey 20th century, 21st century term, I almost feel a little bit gaslit um, because out of nowhere, he, he had maybe one poor performance that was in keeping with the rest of the team, if I'm honest. Out of nowhere, OK, Yukushu's found himself out of the team. And if you watch them play, Jake Livermore is doing no better than OK, Yukushu without the ball. Absolutely no better without the ball. And he's a far, far, far worse player with the ball. Now, yes, he scored a goal this weekend, but it was essentially a tap-in that broke to him from a set play. He's useless. Jake Livermore is absolutely useless. And I'm not a negative um, viewer of my football team. And I'll never get on and bring players down for the sake of it. But I do not know why Steve Bruce has opted for Livermore over Yukushlu. It's as if... He's panicking and he's regressed back to what he knows. He's got, okay, Jake, you've got me out of a hole that pull. Or oh, I know I can rely on Jake. Go on, you, you go and play that six. How many managers are going to play Jake Livermore as a six on his own before you realise he can't do it? He cannot do it. He's not mobile enough. He doesn't read the game well enough. It's because he's big. People think he's a defensive midfielder. He was never a defensive midfielder, ever. And he's never been technically good enough to be your main midfielder in a championship midfield that are pushing for the top six. Sawyer's carried. People love to slate Sawyer's. Romain Sawyer's carried Jake Livermore. Um, Where is he? He's, he's at um, Cardiff now. Um, he, he, 
carried Jake Livermore with the ball. Jake was great at complimenting um, Sawyers because Sawyer sat a bit deeper and Jake did the pressing up the pitch, but he wasn't a lone six. He was never a lone six and it, it doesn't work whenever he plays as a six on his own. It, it just doesn't. Um, if any Albion fans can find a time where a runner games, he's played as a six on his own, it's worked really well. By all means, let me know. Um, I'm, I'm not a Jake Livermore fan. I love his passion. I love I, I love him as a person. He seems like a lovely, lovely man to have as your club captain. Um, but he, I'm not bothered about lovely, lovely man. I'm more bothered about is he technically good enough or tactically good enough to play in on yeah. the field? And the answer at the moment is no. Um, so whether you could, whether you could, whether Bruce stays or Bruce goes, Yukushlu has to come back in because he's far too good. He's he, he, he breaks the lines every single time he gets the ball. He protects the ball well. He reads the game well. He's strong. Um, the one thing he doesn't have is a final third end product, but you don't need that if you've got um, creative midfielders around him like Swift, like Rogic, like um, Wallace, like Dean Garner. Um, so uh, the first thing I'd do is I'd get um, I'd get Yukushlu straight back in the side. If I'm the new manager, if I'm Bruce, whatever, I do not play Jake Livermore as a six anymore. Um, I'm conscious that we're talking about this, Jamie, and it could be out of date straight away if he goes to yeah. Or it could be useless and futile if we win midweek. Or um, it might just be plain old boring because it's speculation. Um, so I'm going to part the Albion chat. I don't know if there's much more we can say without you know, going into pure speculation about if he goes, who would replace him, so on, so on, so on. We've got two games in four days. We play Preston away on Wednesday and we play Luton at home on Saturday. It's hard to predict either of them because the Preston game, um, their, their games have been really, really low scoring and it's been, um, it's been hard to predict how their games would be. Uh, we don't know if Bruce will be there. We don't know what kind of reaction he'll get from his players. It would be very Brucey if we went and won 2 3 nil and then papered over the cracks a little bit more, as every win under Steve Bruce seems to do. Um, it's hard to predict either of them. I don't know what kind of side's going to go, though. I don't know how that side is going to play. I don't know if Thomas Asante is going to start up front, or Grant's going to start up front, or Yukushu's going to play, or Livermore's going to play. If I'm honest, a lot of the Albion fans I was talking to this weekend before the Swansea game, we're saying, well, if he loses, he'll be gone at least. And then we don't have to think about you know, the future. But all of a sudden he lost and we're in the future and he's not gone yet. And I'm thinking, I don't know what side he's going to play. I don't know if he's going to get a reaction. And I, don't, I, I can't see us getting a result of Preston. You look at the league table, JB, it's one win, seven draws, and I think three losses now. Yeah, one win, seven draws, three losses. In 21st after 11 games, that's nearly a quarter of the season. I, I don't know how he's not gone. I don't know how he's not gone. JB, I'm, I'm just going to chuck numbers out here because it's hard to predict how it could possibly go. I'm going to go nil-nil in the Preston game. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to go 2-0 Luton at the weekend because I think Nathan Jones is another person who has a uh, strong identity and he'll expose Bruce a little bit. JB, chuck some numbers at me. I'm, I'm not even expecting that. Yeah, no, it's difficult to predict. You just don't know what's going to happen, do you? Like you said, you spot on it. It would be so Bruce. He could just pluck a couple of wins out of nowhere, but ultimately just papers over the cracks, which is the kind of thing Bruno... Like, I'd have said, like, if Bruno Lars is in charge now and we didn't witness what happened Saturday... He probably would have gone and stuck a 1-0 at Chelsea or something stupid like that, which would have done absolutely nothing for anybody. Um, sort of thing. So Preston, difficult one, away from home. 
their stats are insane around like how many goals they should have scored on it. Yeah, yeah, and stuff like that. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go one 0 Preston on Wednesday, and I'm gonna go. And even though I think Luton under Nathan Jones are one of those teams that will always be there thereabouts, got good identity, it's just a fit that works. Um, I'm, I'm gonna go one all Luton. So I go one 0 Preston uh, Wednesday and one all at the weekend. Um, and sticking with the theme of we don't really know what we're predicting. It's going to yes. be very unusual. Um, Wolves, Chelsea, JB. How do you see it going? Oh, mate, Christ, literally, I, I could, I could, I could, I might as well get two dice and roll them and, and just, <laughs> and, and you know what I mean? Um, no idea. It, it's, you know, you've got two interim managers who, 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 who sort of run the academy and the under 21s and stuff who are going to come in and try and start a bit of identity on, on them themselves. But let's be honest with you, they're not going to do much in a few days. I'd imagine players like Jean Moutinho, Ruben Neves will probably take the lead in this week, but, you know, through the experience and things like that. Um, oh, man, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be completely different on Saturday or, or just, just, just the same old until someone new comes in. I, I, I've got no idea. Chelsea's always a funny one. It's one of them, one of them teams where we, we, seem to, we seem to have done okay against them when they've come up. But unfortunately, we're facing a Graham Potter Chelsea. Uh, Graham Potter seems to have had Wolves number pretty much ever since um, he, 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 he came up with Brighton or got the Brighton job, should I say. Um, I, th- I think a Graham Potter Chelsea, no matter what happens this week, I think they'll have a little bit too much for us. I'd love to say we'll go there. If, if a new manager comes in the next few days, I'd love to say there'll be a new manager bounce. Um, but I'd rather reserve the new manager bounds for the four games in the rest of October because they're the pivotal ones. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm going to go... I'm, it can't be any worse than what we witnessed on, on Saturday. It cannot be any worse than what we witnessed. But I think I think it'll be a comfortable... And the scare mark, I can't even predict to score in a goal. That's the worrying thing. I mean, well, I've got to be honest with you. Listen, bright bright spark from Saturday. I'll let me touch on it quickly because now we are wrapping up. Diego Costa yeah. came on. And literally just, just made us look at it. Even though you could see he was unfit, you could see he wasn't up there, bang, bang, bang. Completely different. Didn't give the ball away once. Held it up. Did exactly what he needed to do. And it, mate, we had a striker in the box with, with a header on the goal. Yes, yes, Wolves, Wolves had a striker in the box. Incredible. Um, and, and listen, do you know what? Whack him in, old club. Fireworks, do it. The might, you know what? Who knows? He might, he might score. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, he'll start. I'm sure. I, I think he'll start. Yeah, absolutely. Another week's training with his belts. You know, maybe behind behind closed doors, forty five. Um, oh mate, not 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 the foggiest. Let's go. Let's go three one Chelsea. And, yeah, and... unfortunately, it's not the game you want if you want to. So if you want to put a line under the large era and yeah. say like we've been too negative, not been dangerous enough, this isn't the game you want to go <laughs> trying new ideas because you're just going to get torn <laughs> apart. Um, yeah. So I, I think Wolves will have to go and be conservative, and I don't think they'll be good enough no. um, to, to yeah, stop Chelsea scoring. So I'm going to say uh, two nil Chelsea. Yeah. 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 Um, JB, do you have anything more to add before we wrap ourselves up? No, mate. It's um, it, it's it's been a weird one, really. I think the way we we both had to talk on this pod is a little bit different to how we usually approach it. It does remind me. I remember we had a, a pod. Was it last season? The season might have been the lockdown season. We had a pod. It was really sort of a somber pod. Um, Is that I, think toward, I think it was towards. The, I don't know. I think no. I think it was towards the end of the lockdown era when obviously you you got relegated. Knew now we'd been bombed. Yeah, it was. I mean, a really, yeah, I mean, a really negative. Yeah, we had a really negative yeah. somber episode. I remember we were saying like this is very unlikely. It's it had that sort of feel tonight, but it's been easily said. You know, it's been a very difficult 
period of time for Wolves under Large. You know, it's been a very difficult period of time for Albion under Bruce. Obviously, Wolves have, have cut the apron strings and are able to look ahead. Albion is still in that limbo as to what they do, where they go. But this time next week, it, it, it could all change and, and we'll be talking about something different potentially. So, yeah, I, th- I think that's it for me, mate. Absolutely, mate. Um, thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Black Country Ramble. And if you didn't catch last week's episode, or rather the week before, but the, our, our previous episode, something a little bit different. Um, we had a football league veteran on the pod yeah. in Wayne Corden. Um, and even if you haven't heard of Wayne, you're not a Mansfield or Port Vale fan, as the vast majority of our listenership won't be. Um, just go and listen to it because it was a pleasure to get him on. He spoke really, really candidly about. Um, about being a football league player. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it, JB. I know you did. And um, we had some really good feedback on that. So yeah, if you didn't catch that, go back and listen. You can listen whenever you like. There's, you know, it, it, it's not exactly about the, the week's games. Um, he just spoke about his career in retrospect, really. Um, go and enjoy that. Go and listen. And um, yeah, in the meantime, I hope that your football team wins unless you're a Wolves fan. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Black Country Rumble.